Hey friends, this is Naja. How did you guys like that? You know, I kind of decided to start it off new and you're not kidding. Hey guys, this is Naja. I couldn't do it. I could not be calm today. This is Naja with I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. Today I have Stephanie Ward here. Stephanie is a psychotherapist specializing in childhood trauma and she helps women to heal their hearts after toxic relationship oh my god i know a lot of y'all really need to stop what you're doing and turn this all the way up stephanie ward up next right after the intro i know i'm crazy i know i'm doing crazy i know i'm crazy stephanie hi 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 Naja. how the heck are you today where are you how are you I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, by the way. I'm in the UK, I'm in Cheshire, UK. Um, I'm great just getting through this pandemic. I know everybody else is sort of going through the same kind of thing, but I'm wonderful, how are you? I'm good, it's been an amazing time in my life. I have started doing a 7 a.m. workout boot camp. So I meet with this group of crazy ass women over at the park and there's a, we have a Senegalese instructor he doesn't speak amazing English and he just kind of yells at us and gives us commands. <laughs> but you know, there's like 12 women and they've become a family and they've accepted me. So that's why oh, I look man. all tired today because I- No, I you am, look insane. Seven so you are so sweet. So I want to get right into it though, Stephanie, before we get started and all these beautiful gems, all these wonderful gems that you're going to drop on us today, you got to answer a question. <laughs> Everybody that's a guest on this podcast, because the podcast is called I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. Everybody that listens to this, they all have their individual reasons why they're crazy. But Stephanie Ward, we need to know why are you crazy? What makes you crazy, Stephanie? Oh, if I told you all of my crazy Naja, you would just be like, <laughs> we're, we're on here for an hour. I think the craziest thing I've probably done is get into another relationship after becoming a therapist because you think that you have all the answers but you don't realize relationships come with a lot of problems but besides that I, I moved to Cyprus when I was younger and didn't come home uh, everyone was worried about me I didn't have any money just stayed out there there's been a few crazy things that you know sometimes you tend to forget about your 20s don't you yes Yes, although mine were just the other day. Kidding, guys. Oh my God. You know, my, my community, they love to call me out in the comments. They'll be like, Naja, we heard that you said you were close to your 20s. We just want to point out that last week you said you were close to your 30s. Guys, you guys are too literal sometimes. So, Stephanie, you said that you help women heal from toxic relationships. And I know a lot of times when we get into these lines of work, it's because of our own life experiences. What, yeah. what what's what's the story? What's the story, Stephanie? So, because um, I, I listened to your last pod, uh, podcast with Natalie Howard, similar for me, like you said, a lot of children go on to um, sort of process their pain and turn that into kind of like a success story. What happened for mm. me, my parents divorced when I was six years old. There was a lot of moving around. Um, my mom was very much still in love with my dad when she left. And there was three of us, three girls. We lived in refuges, sort of like um, home sports of um, domestic violence victims, that kind of thing. So we were moving around a lot and I missed out a lot on my education. And then when my mum sort of settled down, uh, met my stepdad, our life started to get better. And I eventually sort of won a scholarship, went into education, and then I went into law, became a lawyer. 
and then I met my daughter's father and the relationship was just awful it was 10 years of hell nausea and I didn't have a clue who I was I spent my whole life people pleasing um staying in a relationship because I didn't want my child to be from a broken home and I held on for so long and it meant betraying myself my own needs I didn't even want to work in law it was a dream of my my parents so what happened was Naja when I went through the breakup and I eventually left I got so sick and tired of going he's a narcissist he's a cheat he did this he did that I wonder why he did that googling asking people all the time and then one day I finally went why did I stay why did Ooh, I put uh-oh we're getting deep y'all here we go yeah uh -oh. You, he cheated years ago, so why did you stay? He put hands on you years ago, so why did you stay? And it was those kinds of questions. I thought, I cannot go into another relationship when I have this little girl watching me. You know, I can either stay in that. And, and you know, he was very financially successful. I had a very financially stable life and I, I walked away with nothing. So I thought I need the answer to these questions. So I went back to university, did my master's in psychotherapy and all the answers were there. And I had so many, it was like a calling now, it was weird. I had so many, back then it was kind of Twitter, it wasn't so much Instagram, yeah. but all these messages on Twitter, like, oh, I see you're a single mom, how did you move on? What did you do? And I was like, oh, there's so many women that need help. So I, I started, and I actually started doing it for free, believe it or not, because I was, I didn't feel like I could charge people. I was like, I don't want to charge you to help you. So, um, and that's how it started. I, I left sort of, that sort of old life, that sort of conditioning, that that little girl behind, and I and I sort of stepped into that sort of powerful woman role rather than activated from a wounded place, you know. Wow. So you started, you know, I, I, it sounds like there was a necessity. You spent so much time in this relationship trying to understand this person, and then you said, "Wait a minute, what about me made me stay?" Yeah. What did you find out about yourself when you were doing this, this inner work? The craziest thing is it's always a journey. And I always tell my clients this, Naja, even for myself as a therapist, I don't stop doing the work just because I have this qualification. I'm still doing the work to this day. What I did find was that I placed so much of my, uh, my wounding, I'll say, on my father leaving. I'm attracted to emotionally unavailable partners. Mm. Um, I'm seeking validation and love. And it was like, it's all because my dad left. The realization I've had since then, I'm working with more and more women, I've worked with over 1500 women, is that it's not the, the man leaving that, that left me broken, Naja, it was the woman that I was left behind with. Because he broke my mom, he left her depressed, struggling, a single mom, you guys, was, hold on, Stephanie, we got to stop because you said <laughs> it was the woman. Oh, that's heavy. I felt yeah. heaviness when you said that. You said it was the woman that he left you with. Yeah. Not negating any responsibility from him because I'm sure he had his fair share. Yeah. But it's what you saw, what you felt from mom. You know, and this is the thing, Naja, um, we can't take away the fact that a man leaving an absent father or an inconsistent man leaves an indelible mark on a, on a woman's psyche, on a man's psyche as well, you know, a, a person walking away from a child. What I always say to my clients is, Naja, when we hurt children, when we abandon children, when we neglect them, they don't stop loving us, they stop loving themselves. Mm. And 
and this is what happens with children they start to uh, they don't have the sort of um, emotional intelligence or the foresight you know as as adults we have experience don't we so if I go into a situation my body knows how to respond and my mind knows how to respond based on previous experience when a child doesn't have that it starts to go what did I do wrong what can I do to fix this what is wrong with me and so naturally my, my dad leaving leaving me with this woman who was broken and and you know in therapy we don't parent shame you know I right. love my mother, but she did her best she worked three jobs you know she we had physically we had everything we needed but emotionally she would just get in bed and pull the covers over her head and try and get through each day as it passed and I I still believe she remarried my stepdad as, as fast as she did because she needed some kind of safety and protection um I hope he's not listening to this by the way she does love you it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> she loves you. you know you weren't an, an escape route um but you know she was no, left I think that's a very safe statement because essentially as humans, we're all looking for that human connection. And your mom had three girls to take care yeah. of. And you mentioned that you were, you guys were in shelters and you needed help. So you didn't share, you know, without shaming your father. Um, it sounds like you guys just were not in a great situation. So in a lot of ways, kind of sounds like your save dad kind of stepdad kind of stepped in and, yeah. and saved the day and also got himself a ready-made family that yeah, he's still living with today so yeah and I mean he's a great man and this is the thing I I think a lot of women who who will be listening to this can sort of relate you when you have three children it's very hard to date it's very hard to find a babysitter for three children and you know and not just that when you're also going through a lot my mom was going through a lot so she was a young woman she was 29 with three children all under the age wow. of 10 so I love her. I think you were that. girls too. In the world we live in, you just can't bring any guy around your girls. And so that's yeah. I mean, it was hot. I mean, I think I was the one that sort of spotted it. I was like detective when I was a kid. I noticed that the seat was still left up in the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, there's a man, a man's been here because this, you know, the toilet seat was left up. Yeah. And my mom was like, no, I've been cleaning. No, you know, a man has yeah. been here. So I think they were having like little lunch dates while we were at school. But um, but yeah, now she's going back to that point. It was the woman that he left. I was angry at my dad because you left us to pick up the pieces. You know, you left us as three young girls to, and I know a lot of children are adultified anyway, but washing our own clothes, getting our uniforms ready, having to take on sort of the emotions of my mom and that's the realization I'm getting sort of through my clients as well you know when I ask about their relationships with mom they will blame dad for their relation their sort of relationship problems or breakup problems or who they're attracted to then when we look at mom um, and again I don't want to shame any parents but with mom there was a lot of shouting a lot of um she took a lot of her anger out on us and I remember having this conversation with her because my my daughter's father and and what we'd gone through naturally I accepted that the criticism from him I accepted the bullying from him and that's because I thought it was because of my dad but it wasn't it was because my my mum was kind of like my first bully not a bully in the sense of sort of picking on me but her words would hurt me her words would shame me so um I think a lot of people have to look at the relationship that they're left behind with, with mum because the mother wound is such a huge, huge thing for us, Naja, as especially as women, you know. Yeah. So, question: um, What could Dad have done? Obviously, if divorce or separation was inevitable, and he was going to have to leave the home, 
what could he have done to shield you all or to help your childhood experience so that you wouldn't have felt the brunt of mom's anger, frustration, loneliness? You know, it would have been nice to have that stability somewhere else, a place to go, a safe haven. And it wouldn't have to necessarily be him, but maybe our grandparents. A lot of people didn't want to get involved in what was going on between them because it was so oh, yeah. So they sit back and they go, oh, it's not our problem. And you have these three little girls who are trying to be like many adults and they just want a hug, safety. And I always say this as well, Naja, we, you know, when we talk about trauma, especially on the internet now, when I do my videos on TikTok, people will say, oh, this is ridiculous. Well, we've all got trauma. And it doesn't mean that, you know, we've all sort of had these traumatic events. Trauma isn't necessarily what happened to you. Sometimes it's what didn't happen to you or what you didn't receive. Mm. And so, of course, we all have levels of trauma. But what I want to explain is that if you say to your children, the reason mommy can't get out of bed right now and cook you dinner is not because I don't want to feed you. It's because I'm really, really low right now. Let your children know that what is going on is not because of them. Let them know that it's because of you. Um, you know, mommy can't come out and play with you right now because I, I feel really low on energy. I feel really tired. Or mommy's having a very bad day. We like to think that if we're shielding our children from these problems and, and not explaining things to them that they're sort of protected and it's not always the way because um, I'll share another instance with you, Naja. There was um, a family that I knew that had huge marital problems. They were going through separation, but they hid it from the children. Mm. The youngest, the six-year-old, he used to leave the bathroom light on when he used to get up in the night to go to the toilet. And his dad kept telling him, oh, if you keep leaving the light on in the night, make sure you turn it off. The parents at night would be in the living room arguing, constantly fighting. The children had no idea. The parents eventually divorced. And one of the therapists that I know spoke to the little boy and said to the little boy, why do you think daddy left? And he said, because I kept leaving the, the light, light on. on. Yeah. <sighs> and so this is what happens. The children, we have to have these conversations, Naja, as, as hard as they are. We have to say, mommy doesn't feel great right now. Daddy doesn't feel great right now rather than, oh, daddy's away working or, you know, mommy's fine because we are born with this intuition, this strong gut instinct. You know, our vagus nerve is the biggest nerve in our body. That gut, brain gut connection, Naja, it tells us everything. It gives us the message. Now, say if your dad has a drink problem and he falls down the stairs and your gut says something's wrong here and you go to mom and you say, mom, is everything okay? What's wrong? And mom goes, everything's fine. Go back to sleep. You've just told your child that they can't trust their own body. Mm. That's the first time we learn not to trust ourselves. So then when we get older and we go into dangerous situations. We start to second guess ourselves and our decisions yeah. because we can't, our inability to, to trust. Mm. <laughs> what can a parent do to repair? Because, you know, we have a lot of people that have gone through divorce, a lot of divorced moms and dads that, and, that, and their support system that listen to this podcast. And let's just say it was a situation like yours or a lot of hours out here. And a child has been left predominantly in the care of one parent. Yeah. And that parent may be going through a difficult time. What is it? Is there a point where it's too late? Is there something and here in America? Typically, what happens when a family separates is mom gets most of the custody. So just for the purposes of this question, guys, I'm not being presumptive. I'm just going to say mom to make it easy. So if, if children are left with mom and, you know, the situation is pretty dire for her, 
that goes away, starts a new life. Is there anything dad can do to reunify, to heal the brokenness that he had left behind? Like you said, it's it's never it's never too late, Naja, ever for a woman to be able to reparent herself. If her relationship has struggled, if she is going through divorce or she's had these kind of issues in her relationships, chances are there is another part of her life that needs healing from her childhood. It's nothing to do with her partner. It's nothing to do with her. It's about her childhood. She has to go back. If she is having these problems in her relationships, chances are it's something from childhood. Those first eight years of life, Mm. they are when our programming, that's our blueprint. So the first eight years, that's where we look when we go through therapy and and reparenting. So you're in something called theta stage. And in theta, it's kind of like, you know, that stage where you go into when you're meditating or you're falling asleep. Children are in that state for the first eight years. So anything they are seeing and processing, it's just like pressing record. It's just downloading downloading information. Yeah. Yeah. So even as a 26-year-old woman or a 36-year-old woman, you know something is right or wrong because you've learned it. You're teaching yourself right and wrong. Your subconscious, that first eight years, it's what's... um, It's It's like the springboard. Right. Yeah. It's making your decisions. So your sense of self has become so connected to what other people are doing and saying that you don't know who you are beyond that. So the woman has to start to do the work and she will start to gradually separate herself from that sort of the person she was in the relationship to who she is now and it's all it's all stems from instead of making the the decisions based on being a wounded little girl again you're making decisions as a woman the wounded little girl shouts and screams and throws tantrums and gets angry and bitter and we've all done it we've all like you said this is the crazy podcast we've we've done the crazy (laughs) right That's, that's your ego that's your inner child she is she needs soothing. She needs your okay. Yes. Yeah. And she so that's her. that's where we start. We start with reparenting. We start with joy because joy is the opposite of trauma. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of us grew up without any joy because it was kind of overachieving. Or when you're growing up in a family where you're constantly trying to please people, you forget those joyful, creative parts of yourself. Start painting. Start dancing. Does your partner share kids with a loony? Are your stepkids driving you up a wall? Is your partner failing miserably at setting boundaries? Well, VIP Stepmom is where you need to be. We're an exclusive private community just for stepmoms, and we'd love for you to join our tribe. Each month, our members enjoy private conversations, podcasts, expert workshops, a subscription to Stepmom Magazine, and monthly live Zoom meetings. If you're ready to join a diverse community that is committed to making sure you live your best life, visit VIP Stepmom today. We'll save a seat for you. VIP, VIP, Stepmom, that's you and me. You know, when you listen to music and you feel that vibration, that's your body literally switching back on. That woman is able to then start to find herself. And I hate this thing that we have as well, Naja, where women believe that because they have children, they can't have fun anymore. You know, they can't be fun and, and childlike or, you know, a lot of women believe that because they're mothers now, that that's what their role is. That's who they are. And they make everything about being a mom. And the dad is still... Who Living he was his life, going to yeah. the gym, traveling, going to the cigar bar, and your home being a mom. Yeah. So what do we do right now for like for the people that are parents right now and they're raising small children in two yeah. different households and the father has had to leave the children? What advice do you have 
for these dads that maybe feel the disconnect from their children or they feel guilty because they know that they left their kid with the person that they had to leave. What advice do you have for those parents? It's hard, isn't it? Similar to the US, it's it's the same here in the UK. Um, A lot of the parents, um, a lot of the separation means that the woman ends up with the custody rights, financial rights, all of that. A lot of the men here end up having to leave their family home to the woman and having to walk out. There are little things that he can do, again, having those conversations, getting his children to journal, write down their thoughts, diary entries. Uh, We do this little thing called, uh, with my daughter, Dear Worry Monster. And what we do is we write, we give the worry monster all of our problems. So Dear Worry Monster, mum shouted at me today because I wouldn't eat my dinner. Um, I had a really bad day at school. And then we give it all to the worry monster and we burn it together. We burn it outside and the worry monster takes everything away. How often you do know, you do that? Um, we do that maybe once or twice a week. Oh, and you I love it. You're surprised, Naja, how much these little children hold on to inside. Um, you know, being comfortable, dad needs to be comfortable to have these conversations. I know dad probably doesn't feel like he has the right, and that sounds crazy because that's half of your child, but to probe their children on questions and and open up those conversations. Have you had a good week? Try your hardest to not talk badly about this woman. She is the foundation of your children's happiness. You know, speak positively about each other. And it's it's hard when you do see sometimes a lot of um, women that have children. Myself, personally, I've been in that position where you know, you feel like your, your, your position is threatened as a mother. Your dad doesn't do this for you. And he doesn't, I do all of this for you because you have given birth to these children and given your whole life to these children. And that right. man is, is like, oh, hey, it's me. I'm great. I'm dad. You know? <laughs> it's like, almost no, like a visitor or a secondhand parent. But it's like, as women, we feel like the primary. You were this child's house. You're this child's first home. You were their vending machine. Exactly. So I, I see what you mean. How did you yourself get past that? Oh. <laughs> it was the journey it was the journey Nudge. it was tough um like I like I told you um my daughter Sky her dad um he was financially successful he he's actually um a footballer he plays football so it was it was very hard because I left with nothing I've been with him for 11 years I think I had like 33 pence in my bank and a mattress on the floor but it was that or it was staying and put it with all the rubbish so um he would pull up in his Lambo and like beep outside and I would be like I'd be pussing him out I want him out of my street leave me I said to you earlier on didn't I like you were being very human and you were hurt and and disappointed and probably afraid and that inner child was shaking yeah I didn't want to be with him Naja but I didn't know how to go from having a romantic relationship with him breaking that off and having a co-parenting relationship and you know a lot of partners are um, ex-partners are are difficult to co-parent with so we call it parallel parenting yes oh yeah yeah so you have the different your different outlooks so um I just made everything very difficult for him in the beginning I didn't want to be with him but I also didn't want him to go be happy you just don't you're not going to be happy (laughs) it's like I'm over here miserable I'm hurting my inner child needs a hug and is screaming and I feel abandoned and you're out here in the Lambo living your freaking life I think not right I I used to open his car door and you know the flaps that come down and from the scene with the mirror in yeah I would check it for fingerprints you know like when girls are doing their makeup yes! I would check it for like foundation oh my god <laughs> Stephanie 
I know. And I'd be like, you've had someone in your car. My daughter is not getting in that <laughs> car because I don't know who's been in that car. And he'd be like, you're so ridiculous. Or like, he'd, turn up, he'd turn up late and I'd be like, she's asleep now and she's not coming. So I, I did that for a couple of months, Naja. I, I really was clinging. It was that last bit of control that I had, yep. you know, oh, the car seat's not right. Or, oh no, you've not got enough clothes for her. Or I would make her pack lunches as though like she was going into the desert with him. Like he could buy her food when he was out, but I would control everything because I had to, I was finding this new life that was just, and you know, when your child goes with their father and you're sat on your own, it's like, oh, who the hell am I without who this am child? Who I? am yeah. I? I don't need to mother. I don't need to nurture. Who am I? And then, like you said earlier, you, a, a lot of women, when they have a child, their whole yeah. identity becomes so linear. It's this one thing. Mm, and then yeah. I, I understand why a lot of women simply can't go without their child they can't let the kid go because they become so enmeshed because part of themselves is literally tied up in this being at what point did you realize stephanie all right i gotta stop being like this and this is not good for anybody like at what moment what was your light bulb moment when you were going through the end of your that relationship so my light bulb moment um and i probably shouldn't be sharing this on a public platform but it was meeting someone else that and that's what it was I was doing the work I was doing the therapy work I'd had therapy myself and then I was also studying for my master's you know little things I'd say to him hey can you help me out with my master's because it cost me like 12,000 pounds and he'd say no but then he didn't want to contribute financially with child maintenance so I was in a very tough place and I'd started going to the gym I'd started focusing on myself and I met someone um who's a French guy and I'd never, this is going to sound, uh, some people will be able to relate to this. I'd never had a sexual relationship with someone without there being a level of love, you know, because I was with him for 11 years. So I'd never had like casual sex. I'd never I dated. I hookups. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't just lived and been fun because, yeah, I just, because I was this people pleaser, this overachiever, this little broken girl who believed I should just be in this one relationship. So I met this guy and he started to be like, let's go to France and, and drink red wine together and have fun. And it was like, oh. but I don't love him. What what am I doing? And it was, and I felt good again, Naja. I felt like- you were like able to redefine again. what love and connection meant for you. Yeah, I felt like, um, and I, I would encourage this to any of my clients that I work with and um, allow yourself to feel love, even on a healing journey, even when you're going through the worst time possible let people because people will come into your life that aren't supposed to be there permanently they will just teach you tiny little things about yourself and and I was dating him for 10 months and it just really made me feel desirable again and it meant that when he came to collect my daughter I was like bye guys have fun (laughs) because you had something or someone to do you had your own agenda yeah someone to do that was it so (laughs) Um, cause yeah, so I really believe a lot of women right now who are listening to this, who are like, oh, I want to be in that space. I want to feel better. How do I get there? Yes. The reparenting works, self-soothing, painting, drawing, whatever it is, small things, watch, you know, go and watch children's movies when you're by yourself, feel like a child again. Yes. All of that works, but there, there is no substitute as a woman for dressing up putting some makeup on and going out and letting another man tell you how beautiful you are, you know, and being around Did other you adults. Hear that? Another one, not your ex, not your baby daddy, not someone else's man, mm-hmm. another one. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> Switch your gears a little bit. Um, 
thank you so much for sharing. I know a lot of therapists don't like to share their own personal experiences, but it's just, it's so relatable under like knowing that you've been on this side of the fence. Like you understand mm-hmm. what it's like. When is a woman, and when is a mother, when should she recognize then she needs a little bit of extra help. When she finds herself being stuck or the level of conflict that she has with her co-parent is just too much. At what point does she know to need to go and see somebody? Okay, so I always get asked this question because I get a lot of women who suffer with intrusive thoughts, nausea. So intrusive thoughts is sort of um, a base of anxiety. And what happens is it's those thoughts where you're like, sat there and they come up they're random thoughts they're not attached or connected to your morals in any way but it might be if I swerve my car in front of another car right now what will happen or if I was to die would anyone miss me those kinds of intrusive thoughts if you find yourself having thoughts of you know that kind of nature instead of acting upon them that's when you need to reach out and say look I'm having these types of thoughts or when you find yourself constantly angry at your children or you find yourself snapping all the time, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, and I know, I'm not sure how it is in the US, but here it's um, a lot of women are afraid to ask for help or afraid to go to the doctor and and ask for help because social services get involved. Um, And I don't know what your equivalent social service is. It's pretty similar. We do have something, we have a CPS, it's also social service. We have that here too. And it's terrifying for a woman to admit that. So I know a lot of women will hold on as hard as they can to try and make sure that they are. Uh, but But you need to know that this man whether he's in a new relationship or whether he's um, whether you have been through the biggest amounts of conflict, he is there for your children to allow him to be there, allow him to show up for these children. Be comfortable with saying, listen, you need to come and get these children. You need to help me because I need support. I know that sometimes feels like you're failing as a mom. You're not. You deserve to show yourself love and care. And I know some women don't have that. If, if a man is absent, you know, an absent father has gone, a lot of women don't have that, but engage in sort of play groups, you know, where children are getting together and other moms. You know, there are so many women on the internet. I've made so many friends through social media who yes. are incredible Real connection. women. Yeah, and it, it's lovely because there's so many communities that you can sort of put yourself into and and just have that break. Give yourself that break. Your worth is not determined by the amount of struggle you can endure as a woman it's not I know it's been it's been taught to and and equally I see a lot of women who are not sort of angry or not upset they're very codependent with their children Naja they say oh my child's my best friend and they won't leave their children alone equally that's as damaging because children that are sort of um the so who have codependent mothers they they learn to not have boundaries they take on the mom's emotional struggles so they grow up. Calls that emotional incest and it sounds really yeah. icky but it's kind of, let's talk about that though because i am gonna go ahead and say this guys i have an issue like when i see people parents mothers whatever saying oh my god this is my little best friend this is my best friend i personally wasn't raised my mother always reminded us honey i'm not one of your little friends okay you will not speak (laughs) that was a clear definitive line between my parent and one of my little friends and i do see a whole new generation especially millennial parents of saying that about their kids and literally treating these kids like this um telling them all of their business adults parentifying them adultifying them making them so much more advanced 
than they should be. Like what, what's the effect of that? Cause I know a lot of people say that I see the memes all over social media and I hope people, I mean, I was like, I hope you guys aren't treating your kids like your best friends, but what's the long-term effect of that? Well, I see it all the time. Nigel. I get clients who say, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm feeling this, this, and this, but I have, I had a great childhood. I don't have any trauma. And then we get into it and they're like, you know, I spent all of my time with my mom. She was my best friend. We went everywhere together. And, and you say, ding, was, ding, 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 here we yeah, go. Yeah, I'm like, Drama. there it is, there's the red flag. <laughs> you know, even sons and, and mothers sleeping, co-sleeping. Co and, you know, I it was just me and my mom. And um, a lot of sons will grow up and feel like they have to have this sort of um, constantly working to make their moms proud and provide their moms with money. And a lot of spouses, a lot of women are like, why are you financially taking care of your mom? You know, but it's it's that codependency. When we have codependency and like you say, emotional incest, the, the ramifications of that can be a lack of boundaries and honoring our own needs. And a lot of men who are the victims of, of emotional incest will have, um, it, can, it can lead to sort of narcissistic personality disorder. And I don't want to go too far into that because that's a whole podcast in itself. Mm-hmm. But- what happens we have is, a lot of them and I'm going to ask you about that next so yeah we what happens is the child creates an identity outside of themselves to cope with what the parent is dealing with and what happens is they manage to detach from their core self and create this identity and the identity parent yeah uh, because um narcissists don't have something it's called object constancy narcissists don't have this and what it is is Naja, if you said something mean to me, I could differentiate between, I, I could say Naja's a really good person, but she's angry right now. I've upset her or she's um, she's in a bad state or she's offended. Narcissists don't have this. So what they do is they see people as good or bad. Mm. So if you say something mean, they, they and this is why in relationships, they annihilate their partner. They see their partner as a threat or they treat them as the most amazing thing in the world and then treat, treat them, them like an enemy. Yes. Yeah, and then as an enemy. So children who grow up with codependent parents and emotional incest is a risk of developing, you know, narcissistic personality disorder. But again, women will grow up to have um, huge issues surrounding food, um, body, body issues, yeah, eating disorders, addiction, because they are so used to having their environment controlled. They don't know how to control it on their own. At what point do, and this is so dangerous because like obviously... I, I see it now on the internet. Internet culture has everyone thinking they're a therapist, doctor, lawyer. Oh my gosh, everything. And so we <laughs> see one of the key words, especially on all of my online communities, we see everybody calling their ex a narcissist. We yeah. see everybody calling their ex a borderline. And a, a lot of people probably do have some tendencies or some traits, or maybe you're catching them in a season or on a bad day. But at what point, can a person, just a regular human being, not without you know, a person without the licenses, at what point when they realize and they've done all this Google work and they say, okay, this person might be a narcissist or a borderline, what do they do to deal with this person? How are you supposed to deal with this particular type of person that you have a child with that is raising your child just as much as you are? I have dealt with this and it's so hard as well, Naja, if you're dating a man and he's so loving and kind to you and you see the the vulnerability from him you see his empathy and you have this ex-partner saying 
oh, he's a narcissist, he did this to me, he did that to me, but then you're starting to see that that person is the narcissist. And this is what it is with narcissists, they, they project so much, they gaslight so much, they change the narrative. The huge thing with narcissists is the lack of empathy. You could cry to them, you could open up to them, they don't feel anything. Because again, they've as a child, they've created this barrier to not wanting to feel. And they will attach themselves to objects and, and their children become objects to them. And the best thing you can do when trying to co-parent with a narcissist, again, like we mentioned earlier, is to parallel parent and be as small as you can. You know, no contact until you have sort of um, collection days, drop-offs, um, emails. Emails are the best form of, because there's always a paper trail. Texts get deleted or, um, you know, don't answer the phone. Uh, try and keep your voicemail box off. Um Without sharing too much of my own experience, I, I said to you earlier, Naja, as a therapist, I believe because of my consciousness and because of all the stuff that I know and and working with people all the time that I've, I've sort of placed myself on this emotional pedestal of knowing everything. And I didn't. <laughs> and then I, I entered my relationship with my partner and then his, his children's mum I'm getting all of this kind of information from her. It's a very hard situation to be in because then when you and your partner have a bad time or an argument, you start to take on what the ex has been saying. And, you know, so try and limit as much com uh, sort of conversation and dialogue with that person as you can, because they will just continue to change the narrative. You know, you could say to them, I was amazing to you. I treated you really well. I washed your clothes. I took care of the house that I cooked for you. And they'd say, Oh, you want a medal just for cooking for me? Anyone, anyone would cook for me. Right. They, belitt they belittle you. They belittle your achievements. Or you could and say so that's why it's best to kind of as little communication as you yeah. can have with this person. And it sounds like if you are dealing with a narcissist or uh, someone with a personality type like that, you have to be so self-assured and understand. Okay. This person has this um, little boy or little girl that didn't get enough hugs and they have not healed their stuff yeah. and they don't have the right to speak on me and who I am because they clearly don't know who the hell they are. Right. Yeah. Stephanie, I could talk to you all day. I <laughs> You are so you are just as beautiful outside. You are so beautiful oh, on the inside. So I want you to tell everybody exactly where they can find you. So you can find me on my website, which is www.stephaniejw.com. I am on Instagram as Stephanie Therapy, but my TikTok is the best place for those quick videos. Girl, I see um, you blowing up on TikTok too. Oh my gosh. I know. Do you know, do you know what I love about my TikTok audience is that there are women on there, but there are also children, you know, like sort of teenagers. Yes. and. I feel like it's so important that they have somewhere. I know TikTok can be very toxic and um, there's a lot on there that kids shouldn't be seeing, but I love it when children say to me, oh, that's me or that's my mom, you know, because I want children to be able to see that what they're going through, there is there is a place there. So my TikTok is love and therapy. Um, I love it over there. That's my little sort of, yeah. it's all ages over there and everything's really quick and you can sort of relate to the videos where, as on Instagram, it's more algorithms and, and all of that, you right, know. Right, That's so awesome. Everybody, please go and look for Stephanie. Follow her Instagram, TikTok, visit her website, set up a session with her, or even just come, just meet her. This is your host, oh. Naja Hall. I will see you guys next time. I know I'm crazy with Naja Hall on your favorite streaming platforms every other Tuesday. I know I'm crazy with Naja Hall. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy I know I'm crazy